Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind. Here, we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than just one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Santa Inc. fucking world decided seth rogan should be in charge of making a christmas comedy show seth rogan decided that oh yeah who cast sarah silverman as the lead assumedly sarah silverman because both her and seth rogan are executive producers on the show jesus christ so santa inc is a new christmas show from 2021 it's the hbo max christmas special series that they have and you know i want to be up front with you we only did this show for the metrics. We figured, oh, you know, it's new. It's it's most optimized for SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, like before this, we had plans to watch one of like six other different Dash shows. Dash and Lily. We were talking Dash or Lily or I'll Be Home for Christmas, both shows that are on Netflix. And I guarantee are better than this. Like I guarantee Dash and Lily is probably very... Hallmarky? Hallmarky and teenage drama-y because it is based off a series by David Levithan. Oh, yeah. I like that guy. We should watch that. Yeah. I, I believe Dash and Lily is based off something by his. By him? Something of his is what I meant to say. But, yeah. Yeah. That would have been better. So, this show, episode one is entitled, Where the Hell is Brent? Yes. This show is stylized like a claymation Rankin-Bass film, which by this point you should know we've enjoyed. We've mentioned it on several occasions that we like the Rankin-Bass Christmas film. There is nothing more Christmas than a Rankin-Bass movie. In sentence. Nothing more Christmas than Rankin-Bass. Yeah, no. Impossible. Can't get more Christmas than that. And nothing more capitalistic and less Christmas, even though Christmas is a capitalistic nightmare, than this show. Yeah. Anyways, so the show opens with a claymation thing going on. It's got a kind of jingly Christmas intro. Yeah, there's... I can't tell if they're kids or elves. I think they're kids because they're not different colored. Because all of the elves, if you noticed in this, are have different colored skin than... They're like abnormal, they're purple, they're blue, or green. Oh, so there's three elf colors for sure. There's purple, red, and like a green-blue. I thought there was a, a green. Yeah. I thought it was purple, blue, and green. I didn't. I don't remember seeing a red. I might be wrong. I wasn't really. The driver of the car that Goldie steps on while chasing Junior is red. Oh, yeah, her brother. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's Christmas Eve, and an elf lady named Candy. Mm-hmm. Candy Smalls. Is doing final checks on everything for christmas yeah she's going through making sure all the presents are right yelling at people to keep the cats and the dogs separated that way they don't you know kill each other and then she finds a dead lizard he's like also replace this dead lizard before insert child name here gets upset in south florida i I don't care where the fuck the kid is i think she actually said tallahassee the point being florida's a trash state yeah i love you cj but florida's a trash state so while she's doing that we then cut over to see a guy giving a pep talk to reindeer and he's handing them old candy bars. Christmas spirit candy bars. And he's like, it's all realizing you. You guys are the ones that are going to make this happen. Remember, we need to be faster. We need to get there. We need to get stuff done. And he also starts the speech by shit-talking every holiday that's not Christmas. Yeah, which, I mean, I'm not against whatever, you know. I mean, to be fair, what the fuck is May Day? He's not right. He's, yeah, exactly. He's not wrong. Like, what the fuck is May Day? Who celebrates that shit? I can tell you who celebrates that shit. German people. Yeah. May Day is, like, an actual holiday. And then we see a reindeer show up late. He's comes across very much like a stuck-up asshole. He's dressed in a suit, and none of the other reindeer ever mm-hmm. wear clothes. 
sunglasses, and his nose is blue. And he is Junior, the son of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So he's an entitled dick. Yeah. Yeah. Then Santa shows up with like kind of he, like a police escort. There's he's sirens. A, he's, he's in, in like a limo. A limo styled like the Pope Mobile. It is a limo, but the very back has a glass globe that looks like a snow globe, but also has Pope Mobile vibes. Yeah. So he shows up, glorious fanfare, whatnot. He hops on a sleigh, wishes everybody a Merry Christmas. He, he says something really crass. I like have a like fucking great Christmas or something like that. I don't remember this shit. Yeah. And then they take if off. If I didn't take notes, I wouldn't remember any of this show. And the, not because I have a terrible memory. The show is actively bad, and I don't want to remember it. There is nothing funny in this show. Every, it's a comedy, every, and there's nothing funny in this yeah, show. Basically, everything that this show tries to do funny is just by using crude language and cussing, which, as you know, if you listen to us, we curse all the fucking time. Look, I just fucking did it twice right there. You don't need to draw attention to the fact that we curse by cursing more to make a point. Yes, I do. Okay, Seth Rogen. Exactly. You get my joke here. So, Santa takes off to deliver presents to all the boys and girls yes. that are good on the, that are on the good list, and Candy takes control of system operations. She's running Overwatch on this entire thing. And then, in New York City... Santa gets attacked by anti-Christmas pigeons. This is never brought up again. Uh, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's never explained. But anti-Christmas pigeons. Apparently, they saved all their shit up throughout the entire year so they can shit on the sleigh and try to crash it, I not, guess. Not on the sleigh. They shit on the tree at Rockefeller Center. And then they just tag the sleigh with a tag that says, Christmas, brought to you by capitalist greed. And you know what? They're not wrong. So then Candy says she's deploying fighter jets. Which come out of the bottom of the sleigh, so they're not very large. Whatever, it's fine. They're, they're toy fighter jets, obviously. Yeah. That, and then they drop bread filled with drugs, which are meant to knock out the pigeons. And then she has drones spray paint back over the graffiti. Though, mind you, the amount of drugs that exist in that bread is enough to kill the pigeons, but whatever. Anyways, next morning, Candy is at home, and her brother, a deadbeat that lives at home, is... And her mother. ...is trying to push his new mixtape on Candy because he makes Christmas rap music. Yeah. He's 35, by the way. We get a mention of his age. And also, their mother is the worst kind of stereotype. Mm-hmm. So, it will be mentioned very briefly after this. It mentioned henceforth repeatedly throughout the show that Candy Smalls, despite being an elf working for Santa and running Christmas, is Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I know in these two episodes, we never get a conflict about whether that affects, like, how she treats Hanukkah. Because she has to be, like, in full break mode running up to Christmas for her job, right? Like, no breaks, full-on, down sprint. I'd imagine. But, yeah, it's the very classic, you see in television everywhere, Jewish mother harping on her daughter a lot while being overly protective and babying of her male child. Also, this isn't her mother's house or her brother's house. This is her house. Mm -hmm. And they're literally just being deadbeats and mooching off of her. Yeah. Yeah. It should also be mentioned that Sarah Silverman has numerous times complained about how... Hollywood has portrayed Jewish people in this exact manner, but then the show that she and Seth Rogen are working on do the same thing, which the only argument here is, well, because Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman are both Jewish, that it's fine if they do it, which I get to the degree of like one of her complaints has been what I have seen quoted as her referring to it as Jew face, which having non-Jewish people play Jewish people. Yeah. Which I don't think that's how you should term that because I would argue blackface is much more problematic seeing as we've had people every ethnicity and all kinds of different religions play people of different religions right yeah it's not a strictly jewish thing i do get jewish people are horribly portrayed most of the time well, like my but issue... they're still not well portrayed in this show either 
Yeah, my issue is okay. So there's definitely an, an okayness with like making fun of yourself. Like yes, and like that's a hundred percent okay. But people that watch the show aren't going to be like, oh hey, Sarah Silverman's Jewish or Seth Rogen's Jewish. They're going to be ha 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 Jewish stereotype funny. And I should clarify, people that watch this and enjoy this mm-hmm. aren't necessarily going to make the connection that it was created by Jewish people. Yeah, and you know even then generally like when you watch something that points fun at someone's own beliefs or their own race or something within that thing they also do things that show them in a positive light there's or undermine the or undermine the joke the only thing that this show does to like go against this is in the second episode instead of being a game called smash a sloth a character's like maybe we should make it someone that deserves it like whack a white supremacist yeah yeah congratulations that's like the only joke they make it doesn't show jewish people in any particular positive light or undermine these jokes Anyways, let's move on. Candy meets up with her friends on the way to work. One of her friends is a gingerbread woman who is a legitimate psycho. Like, Mm -hmm. just the easiest way to describe it. She's literally a psychopath. Extreme stereotypes of women in Hollywood as well. Also extreme, extreme, like, stereotypes of, like, new mothers. Mm -hmm. And then her other friend is Goldie, a female reindeer who is, like, I don't know how to describe her. A standard, over-the-top, promiscuous friend in, like, female sitcoms. Oh, I guess that is her character trait. Mm-hmm. I just she's she, she's loud. Samantha from Sex and the City, Blanche from Golden Girls. Those are really my own only two things, and they're kind of outdated. Huh. It's weird. Good references though, right? Yeah, that's Goldie. She's also really upset because even though she trains her ass off every year, she hasn't been called up to sleigh team because she's a woman, and only men get a ride yeah. sleigh. We then meet Brent. Well, we already met him earlier. He was yeah, the guy giving candy bars to the reindeer, but we get his name. Mm-hmm. He's the successor to Santa, and we find out that he hasn't arrived to the office this morning. Yes. And so everyone's kind of like, where the fuck is Brent? And then there's this huge meeting called for. Yeah. Santa calls an all-hands meeting. Also, we find out that he is St. Nicholas the 19th. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that... So a thing we've heard to mention is when Santa set off, he took Brent with him. So Brent went with Santa on his jaunt around the world to deliver presents which makes sense because brent was the successor to santa claus you got to learn on the job training right in seattle apparently amazon approached brent apparently he separated for no hold on before we get to that candy shows up to the meeting area and there's a spot for her on stage because she is brent's second so she's like she is vice executive yeah she's like chief of operations i think it was she's like the third most powerful person in santa Mm -hmm. incorporated Discounting the board of directors. It goes, board of directors, Santa, Brent, Candy. Yeah. So she has a seat on stage, Mm -hmm. and so does Junior, Rudolph's son. Yeah. And her and Junior get into an argument because Junior's a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And And she's just like, I'd fucking get rid of you if I could. And she's like, but you fucking can't, though. This place can't fucking run without this nose. And then we find out that in Seattle, Washington, Brent left Santa because Jeff Bezos personally offered him a job at Amazon. Yes, Amazon poached Brent from Santa. And Santa's pissed. Yeah. I will say, I, I don't enjoy, I don't like anything about the show, but all of the, like, tiny jabs at Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're fine. Pri- How would you like your Amazon Prime rib? Yeah. Uh... Or the joke in the second episode about... How Bert just knows everything that's fucking going on because Alexa is a spying device. An yeah, illegal spying device. Spy software. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after this meeting about Brent leaving them and there not being a current successor to Santa, that night at the local bar, Candy is bitching about how Brent betrayed them all. And then she's yes. like, you know, though, we do need a new successor. And there's never been a woman Santa Claus. I could be Santa Claus. And she's made fun of by the people there who, who the people at the bar consist of 
the bartender mm-hmm. a bar of chocolate that has a bite bitten out of it that's yes. human sized and is a closeted gay man mm-hmm. and a polar bear and, and a very time? and a very misogynistic polar bear. Yes. And when she says that she could be Santa Claus, they all make fun of her and one of them's like, Yeah, but what if you fell in love with the sleigh? I don't that get is the, the joke. That I is the I, chocolate bar that does that. I don't understand that joke. I don't either. And it, the same joke is made later in this episode and I don't get it. Do women do women just fall in love with inanimate objects? Is this a thing? Look, the only thing I get that could be a reference to is a horrible fan fiction of the things that exist for uh, Kino's wondrous journey. I don't know what that is. It looks like a cool anime I've never watched where this woman is just like, I think she's a parcel delivery person who drives a motorcycle around a fucking ruined world and it looks kind of cool. Kind of like Shikami Bachi or Letter B, however you want to say it. They're kind of neat. And I just know that shit like that exists for that, and it's weird as fuck. I don't understand. Anyways, on her way home from the bar, she runs into her grandfather in the park. I forgot every single part about her grandfather. I did not take notes on the back half of episode one. This is still the front half of episode one? I took notes (laughs) on, like, the first five minutes of episode one. I remember most of it, but not her grandfather. She runs into her grandfather in the park. Should be mentioned this park is one of those parks where people go trolling for gay hookups because... It's a cruising spot. Of course it is. It's called cruising. And she's like, aren't you too old to be hooking up with strangers? And he's like, you're never too old for wild gay sex. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And she confides in him that she wants to be Santa. And he's cool with it. He's just like, yeah, that's fine. He supports her. But like, the main thing is like, you're going to have to like do a lot of work because it's been a white man's game for like ever. And yeah. then as he leaves, he gets blown away by wind. And he's like, if something ever happens to me, go on my computer and find the file that says taxes and delete it because it's filled with porn. Yes. Thank you. And he gets blown away. And then kind of really the only next important thing is she's still kind of wondering about an upset and she runs into Cookie and Goldie. She doesn't run into them. She goes to Cookie's house. Does she go to? Oh, she does go to Cookie's house because Cookie bitches at her husband about stuff. Mm -hmm. Probably not. Because Goldie keeps calling Candy bitch the entire time and Candy's like, do you have to call me bitch every single time? And Goldie's like, it's empowering. And Candy's like, yeah, you shouldn't be insulted if I call you a bitch. And her husband's like, yeah, it's empowering. I would like to be called bitch more often, too. And then yeah. Cookie tells him to take care of their kid, bitch. And she's like, I, I was wrong. wrong. It's it kind of hurtful. Actually, that's a little bit funny. Yeah. Also, there's like two, three decent jokes about this entire series. Two episodes. We didn't watch the whole series. I stand by my statement. I don't think it gets funny. I think these are the only jokes that matter. Yeah. So Candy then tells her friends her thoughts on becoming Santa Claus. They're like, go for it. And Goldie's like, you have to go for it. Because if you're Santa, you can put me on the sleigh team. Yeah, do it. Do it, do it. Yeah, I, I, don't care. I don't care if it's it's best for you. I want it for me. Go, go become Santa. And I think Cookie says something about getting better health care and maternity care and stuff. Yeah. So they convince her to go talk to Santa right now. And as she leaves, Cookie looks at Goldie and goes, what if she falls in love with the sleigh? And Goldie goes, I was thinking the exact same thing. I still don't get it. Neither do I. Anybody, please tell me what I'm missing here. Jesus Christ. Anyways, Candy then goes to talk to Santa. Mrs. Claus opens the door. She looks very haggard and worn out. And is talking about how she's been working on lists and doing a lot of statistics and research and stuff. And how she can't sleep because she can never sleep. She has OCD. She can't sleep. She has a lot of stuff to do. She's constantly working. And then Santa interrupts her. And basically tells her to leave. The long and short of it is Santa thinks of himself as a progressive person. Even though he's really not, he just, like, the only progressive thing Santa's ever done is name a black man, Brent, to be the successor, to be the first black Santa. And he did it clearly, he did it entirely just to be progressive. Just for the PR. And mm-hmm. so because of that, he loves the idea of a Jewish woman being his next successor. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. Although there is a post credit sting where as Candy is outside of Santa's mansion, her grandfather blows 
blows past on the wind again. And he's like, also in that folder is some are some sex- homemade sex tapes, but don't delete those. I'm proud of those. Hold a viewing the for the family. Yeah. yeah. And that's episode one. What are your thoughts on episode one of Santa Inc.? Where the hell is Brent? So, I honestly, passengers and viewers, listeners, I don't know if you've ever watched a show that's so bad that made you think, maybe I should just stop podcasting. I have. I have watched a show like that. But that was this show. Exactly. So, I think that pretty much sums it up. I assume if you haven't, you either haven't watched Santa Inc. or you don't have a podcast and you have watched Santa Inc. so you never thought to yourself, man... I should just stop podcasting if this is the type of sh- material I'm reviewing. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's fine. Yeah, definitely. Definitely fine otherwise. show is awful. And episode two is only worse, which is oh yeah, amazing. It's amazing that episode two is worse than this. What did you think of episode one, though? Wasn't it great? No, no, it's fucking horrible. Nothing is enjoyable about the show. I guess besides, like, two jokes, I forgot. And even then, they're only mildly amusing. The one where Candy's husband is... Not Candy. Cookie's husband is like... I would love it if people called me bitch. And then his wife immediately is like, do your job, bitch. He's like, never mind. That's hurtful. Yeah, that was the best joke. Like, And I forgot about it because the rest of that scene is bad. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say before on this podcast, we've had some pretty controversial opinions about shows. Like The Witcher? Yeah, right? I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. Everyone agrees with us. Almost everyone. It's like a 4% hey, by Google. It has like Seth a four- Rogen does not agree with us. Seth Rogen can fuck off, man. This has like a 4% from audience users on like Rotten Tomatoes. I think it has like a 2% or some shit like that from Google users. It's so bad and has been panned since like the trailers for the show came out apparently. That Seth Rogen has just been like upset at everyone about this because people dislike the show. And you know what? Yeah, people should dislike the show. Don't don't watch this. It's not good. It's not amusing. There's no really good jokes. The entirety of the humor, like I said, just relies upon cussing and then having that be funny. The equivalent of the 13-year-old mindset of being like, if I just yell penis really loud, it'll be the most funny thing ever. Yeah, but I think Seth Rogen is a guy who thinks that that is funny. Yeah, that's definitely what I think after seeing this. You know, like before from some of his films, I thought maybe he has like a bit of like good wit. Like there's a few decent jokes from like Pineapple Express, shit like that. Um, Green Hornet has a few... This though? No. You know, I was just scrolling through all the episodes we've ever done. Because I did get in an argument with you about this being the worst show we've ever watched. No, it is. It is definitely the worst show. Like, the only things potentially worse than this are Kiss Sis and Star Wars. Kiss Sis, if I actively ignore the incest, is just a not great rom-com. Like, very mediocre bottom tier. The incest is just what makes it unwatchable. If I ignore the parts of this that I don't like, like I would have to do in Kiss This, this there's nothing happening in this. There's literally nothing. The only other things that even come close are like, it's Bruno. Which was just boring. It wasn't offensive. It was just boring. Or Pilot Candidate. That was just badly told. Yeah. So I legitimately think this is the worst show we've ever watched. So Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And let's, get, let's do episode two now. Faces of Meth. You heard him right. This episode is entitled Faces of Meth. Oh, so the episode starts with the New Year's Eve countdown. Uh, Candy's in a bar, not with her friends, making New Year's resolutions with a bunch of strangers. There is a man who's like, you know what my New Year's resolution is? It's to feel those nice elf titties of yours. And she's like, you know. See if they're as pointy as your ears. You know, normally I'd be offended by that, but you're just proving my point that we need a woman Santa Claus to instate a systematic change in the North Pole. And he's like, oh, cool. So I can. And he reaches out to grab her tits and she punches him out. Yeah. That's this entire scene. Then we get the OP again, where it's like a zoom through a like snowy North Pole Jingling, scene. jangling, a bit of whistling. And then. And then we open on Santa who is getting a blowjob from Mrs. Claus. All while repeatedly talking out loud about 
how great he is and how progressive he is. Like, he chose the first black successor for Santa, and now he's debating choosing a Jewish woman for his successor, and, like, it's bad. He makes a terrible joke here. I don't remember what the joke is. It's not, like, terribly offensive. It's just, like... A bad joke. Terrible is, and it's literally not funny. And he gets upset because Mrs. Claus doesn't laugh at it. You know, because she literally has his dick in her mouth. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what, you didn't think it was funny? And she's like, no, I was just a little busy. And he's like, you could have at least laughed or something. And, you you know, I think this is the exact type of thing Seth Rogen does in his real life. Yeah, that that sounds right. Like, some self-aggrandizing, a slight joke about how great he is. And then being upset when people don't either A, recognize that the self-aggrandizing is correct because he is fantastic. And that B, that joke was fucking hilarious because, like I said, Oh, no, I mean, I I I think he's the type of guy that, like, talks talks himself up during sex. Makes a joke that he thinks is funny and then gets mad because somebody doesn't laugh at it. Because they're literally in the middle of sucking on his dick. I literally just said all that, but with fancier words. You didn't mention the sex part. Yes, I did. I, I think this is legitimately a thing he. This is legitimately a thing he does. Yeah, I I mentioned the sex part in there in the very beginning. Sure. Anyways, we cut to the workshop where we find out that the North Pole University interns are here for their first day. Yes. Candy gives them a speech about how Brent discovered her and gift wrapping, so on and so forth. It's gonna be a giant step for you guys today. Here's my shoe. Ha ha, giant step. You get it. Because my, my feet are tiny because I'm an elf. They're not actually a giant step. Ha, 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 ha. I'm hilarious. Santa shows up, catches the tail end of the speech, and is like, you were great. You're such a great entertainer. Your improv is fantastic. Gibby doesn't say any of that to her yet. He's just talking to Jingle Jim. She then meets her intern, very tall, very fat man named Devin Johnson. and Who is apparently related to Hermie from, or implied to be related to Hermie from the Rankin Bass. Oh, yeah. Rudolph. That's something we haven't touched on. This show ostensibly presents itself as a sequel to the Rankin-Bass universe. Yeah, this episode is the one that particularly does it because he mentions that his uh, uncle is a dentist and that he is an elf. No. No, I, I refuse. This isn't part of it. I get I, that Rankin-Bass th- th- fucked up their Rudolph copyright and so lots of people can use their shit. This is, this is me. No, Seth Rogen. No. This is me directly talking to you, Seth Rogen, and you, Seth. Sarah Silverman. No. You don't get to decide that your show connects to the greatest thing ever made for Christmas. You don't get to. No. Rankin Bass is, it's almost the holy grail of holiday movies. Yeah, their later stuff isn't great, but their original stuff is fantastic, and you don't get to ruin it. Yeah. You, you don't get to make really shitty critiques of corporate America under the guise of a Santa show with zero comedic value mm-hmm. and act like it's a sequel to Rankin Bass. Yeah, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I just really, the show is so bad at watching it and critiquing it legitimately pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Like it was the first episode, right? Where there's that entire shitty secret room where Santa's having like a shaving party. Yes. That is literally just meant to be a secret men's club, but it, the entire premise of what they do in their club is dumb as fuck. Yes. Like that's clearly meant to be a critique about how corporations are all a giant boys club. Entirely correct. Could have been done in so many better ways. It was just a dumb scene. Yes. Uh, the show has active, valid criticisms of the corporate structure of America and of capitalism. It just does them poorly. Like, I support the criticism and everything they say that is wrong with fucking capitalism. Entirely correct. I just think the means of providing that message is God's here awful. Look, I think when the majority of your characters then rely on stereotypes that you actively criticized outside of your show, but then don't show in a critical critique in your show, 
I get that can be meant to be satire, but when you don't portray it well, it doesn't come across that way. Like, everything about Cookie's character is just bad. I think it's really important to remember that Seth Rogen was one of the people behind Sausage Party, and that's why he makes things like this. Because he thinks he's this massive, brilliant critic of society. And while he has opinions I agree with, wholeheartedly agree with, mm-hmm. he's terrible at, like, Putting it into a film, putting it into words, putting it into a cohesive story and like tangible argument. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's stop talking about how bad Seth Rogen is as a director and writer and whatever As a creative else. talent. And so Candy meets Devin Johnson, who, like you said, vaguely implied to be related to Hermie. Uh, he does have a traditional like Dutch boy haircut mm-hmm. and he's super excited and super kiss ass. And he, like, he, well, he seems to be only really super excited about everyone in the company that's higher up. Besides her, which I think is meant to be a critique of, obviously, by the fact that only the men appear to, like, be outward faces of the company. That's a very good point. I hadn't thought about that because they're going to go meet Tim, the head of <laughs> toys. Who he put the bee in Furby and decided that this doll should be a cabbage, should be of the patch of cabbage. The yeah. phrasing is bad. The joke is that this guy made all these hit toys. When we get there, he talks in a doll boring drone. He reminds me of the dude from the eyedrop commercial. I'm trying to particularly remember who he reminds me of. Um, the father from like the American Pie series. I think that's the dude from the eyedrop commercial. I think so. He's also had a recent commercial for Carfax where he shows up at his daughter's house early in the morning to check for cars. Ben Stein, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, Ben Stein. Ben Stein is a great actor. Yeah, yeah. So he reminds me of Ben Stein. He also apparently invented Whack-A-Mole. And yeah. while we're in this... In his office, he's showing Candy this new toy, he, this new game he invented because he met a mole while he was in the hospital after he, like, hurt his hand and the mole was like, hey, that game you made has, like, done really shitty things for moles because people chase us and try to hit us with hammers mm-hmm. in real life now. I mean, I think it's a critique on, like, how harmful media can be, I guess. How harmful media can be to certain individuals and peoples. Yeah. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen a person try to hit a mole with a hammer in real life. Or even heard of somebody trying that outside of somebody very, 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 very drunk. Yeah. So then he proposes smash a slot, then... Which, honestly, no. Fuck you. Fuck you right now. Moles, those are a pest. They destroy land. They fuck with water lines and eat phone cables and TV cables. Like, they're a fucking pest. Sloths? What did a sloth ever do to you? It hangs out in trees and grows moss. Why would you want to, like, make a game that encourages going and, like, hit-beating sloths? An animal that is mostly purely defenseless just because of the way it's evolved to do literally nothing. They're literally the, the least offensive animal in the world. They can't do things. Also, they're adorable. So, Candy's intern points out that that would just be causing the same problem with sloths. It'd just be moving the harm from moles mm-hmm. to sloths. So he suggests whack a white supremacist. Yeah, why don't we make the game about hitting somebody that deserves to be hit? Yeah. Like white supremacists. And then Candy's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Gets a text from Santa. She freaks out and goes to meet him and, and tells Tim Ted. and Devin to start working yeah. on, his, on the Devin angle on the idea. So then when she goes to talk to Santa, this is where Santa's just like, that speech you gave earlier was fucking great. I think you fucking got this. And do you know why I think you got this? Because you're in contention to be the successor. And the fact that I'm considering you a successor because you're a woman and you're Jewish looks fucking great for me to the board. Literally talks about optics here mm-hmm. and about how great the optics are. And, he's and like, Sarah Silverman's character, Candy, is just like, oh yeah, I love the optics. The optics look great. We should definitely do this. And then the whole meeting essentially boils down to him being like, you're not the successor yet, 
but I want you to give the state of the workshop address tonight, the one Brent was supposed to give, and like that'll kind of introduce you to the board and like put you in the discussion to be the successor. Yeah. Just do everything Brent did and you'll be great. And also, so as she leaves, Santa like yells at her about how this is her only chance and if she fucks it up, she'll be done forever. Yeah, and then he's like, I was just joking, you should have seen your face. Also, he plays ukulele like a douche bro. Mm-hmm. He also has a snow globe with a living snowman in it. Who begs pleads. for release and freedom. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, we then follow Candy back to her office, where her snowflake assistant, who we've met before, who is not... That's not me insulting him. He's literally a snowflake. Mm-hmm. His, his name is Jeremy. We saw him before in the first episode. Yeah. He didn't really do much. He was just like, I don't want to work. And he knows a bunch of other snowflakes. Yeah. And she's like, can you cancel my lunch with my friends? I have to work on the speech. And then she decides to watch Brent's old, like, videos of his workshop speeches, mm-hmm. which basically amount to he comes out to a, like, dance beat song, mm-hmm. shoots off glitter bombs, hands out swag, and goes, next year will be the best Christmas ever, and then leaves. Yeah. And she's like, can I do that? And her assistant's just like, no, that requires charisma. Like, Brent have, and I have. You don't have that. So what? then she freaks out. Obviously, he, he says, no, that requires charisma, like Santa or Brent. Or me. Basically, what he's saying is that requires a penis mm-hmm. because that's the whole undertone of the of this show. Yeah. So she freaks out and asks them to go get her like walk and, and chips, chips yep. so she can stress heat. They leave to do that. Brent calls and he's like, "Yeah, so I heard you were given the state of the workshop address tonight, and, and that you're, you're in the running to be Santa's successor." And she's like, "How is Alexa a spy device?" And he just sidesteps that and is like. So I think you've got this. Just do everything I did and you'll be great. And the whole time he's talking to her, there's a drone flying around him being like, how would you like your Amazon Prime rib? Yeah. Get it? Because in Amazon, everything is prime. Prime rib, prime gaming, prime video. Ha, 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 ha. Prime it's shipping. Funny. It's it's funny. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hilarious. I, I did think the prime rib joke was a tiny, actually bit funny. Yeah. So. so then they show back up and the snowflake guy whose name I legitimately cannot remember. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. Jeremy? His name is Jeremy. Jeremy. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. She's happy, which means I have to do actual work. Ha- a happy candy means more work. Anyways, so this is actually where I seem into Devin as a kiss-ass because, like, she's, like, practicing for giving Brent speech, essentially, where yep. she, he, rides a, he rides a mini pony on the stage. They're packing swag bags and everything, and she's just like, hey, Jeremy, I need you to pretend to be the mini pony again one more time. He's just like... And Devin's like, Fuck I'll be the pony. I'm just so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be working with all of you. Yeah, I, I, I don't even deserve any of this. That's where I seem into him as a kid. Oh, yeah, no, no. I think you're right. I'm just, I was just like, when he was first introduced, he was very focused on all the male yeah. individuals of the company. So then Goldie, like, kicks open the office door. Remember, Goldie's her reindeer friend. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, guess who fucked Donner last night? And she has an entire box of Christmas spirit bars. And it goes from being like, oh, yeah, look how great I am. And Candy's like, didn't we cancel our lunch? And she's like, oh, this is my favorite song. And Candy's like. After hitting on the intern for a bit. Yeah, then Candy's like, there's no song playing. So Goldie and Candy go go for a walk outside. And Goldie complaining about how the sleigh team gets everything, including a month-long spa retreat in January after Christmas. Yeah, she goes from being hyper excited and sexual at the moment to just being immediately depressed and upset and angry and candy's just like what's with these wild mood swings and, and then they run into junior literally run into junior well junior runs into them really. and his lunch spills everywhere and he says a bunch of racist sexist things to candy mm-hmm. and then to goldie when goldie tries to defend candy and then goldie and Ca- goldie and junior get in a fight and then they get separated by candy and cookie who show up and then they chase each other across the city yeah well 
Junior runs away and Goldie chases after and Candy and Cookie are holding on to Goldie's bag Mm -hmm. and they chase each other through the city. They fly. There's honestly a rock, a guitar rock track playing underneath this that is way too cool for this show. Agreed. (laughs) And then he disappears in an alley. Yep. And they find a fake Christmas tree in this alley and Cookie and Goldie get into a fight. Yeah, because Cookie's like, you need to snap out of this. Slaps her. Goldie's like, what the fuck? Fights back. Ends up bucking her into the tree and she disappears into the tree. Yep. And then Cookie yells up out of the tree. Hey, you guys should come down here. Goldie recharges the tree, dives down there. And then Candy's like, I don't have time for this. I have to get ready for a speech. I have to get the sweater sized for me because I haven't. You. Anyways, she goes down the tree chute as well. And it looks like a rundown hospital. Yeah, they find themselves in a rehab, like, asylum thing. Yeah. Um, where we find the sleigh team all locked away in individual cells. Mm-hmm. We see Dasher. I don't remember. I think hopping two. around in a stocking, talking about... He'll go down in history. I'll go down in history. And like, Jesus. And then there's another reindeer wrapped in Christmas lights talking about how, how best to scramble eggs. Mm-hmm. And there was the first room they looked in had like reindeer skulls and jars of formaldehyde and blood and stuff. That one is never explained. Never explained. And then the third room they look in, there is a reindeer crawling on the ceiling exorcism reference where he spits like vomit on mm-hmm. them. And projectile vomits onto Candy. And Candy's like, hey, Cookie, do you have a wet wipe? And Cookie's like... No, because I'm a sloppy drunk and a new... No, no, she's I'm, like, you would you, think so. With, with, with having a newborn baby and drinking red wine all the time. The truth is, I'm a terrible mother and a sloppy drunk. Mm-hmm. And she starts to cry about it. Also, before this, there was a scene where Candy was freaking out and Cookie yells at her because Cookie's the one that has to be dramatic and stuff. It's her only character trait. Yeah. So, we then find Junior and a bunch of the other reindeers um, having group therapy because this is rehab because it turns out the Christmas spirit bars are like 99% meth with a little bit of chocolate. Yeah. And that's why Goldie's been having mood swings is because she ate a meth bar. Yes. So, like, we briefly cut to the people getting ready for the uh, workshop speech. workshop. Yeah. And they're just like, where the fuck is... Devin and Jeremy are And they're just like, where the fuck is she? And they're just like, we don't know. So then we go back to the rehab asylum spot. And they've been captured by some polar bears and thrown in a room. Polar, and, polar bear orderlies. Mm-hmm. And then the psychiatrist. Yeah, the head doctor for the asylum rehab thing. Shows up and he's just like, oh, I expect it's only a matter of time since you're in charge of day-to-day stuff now that you would know that the spirit of Christmas bars were meth. And she's just like, what? He's like, How much of a shock did it come to you when you found out the spirit of Christmas bars were meth? I know I found it really shocking. And she's like, what? He's like, oh, you didn't know. So then he explains that Brent has been doing this for like a decade plus because how the fuck do you think he's been so efficient about each year them getting more and more things done quickly? There is a tiny joke here that would have been funny if presented in a different way where Candy's like having this realization about the type of person Brent was. And she's like, he did have a minute of, a, a, a of efficiency, a minute of efficiency calendar. And it was just 12 pictures of him, which is that's a funny joke. He's like, how more efficient can a calendar shoot get than just being one person? Yeah. The best part would have been if all of the pictures were the exact same picture. Yeah. Yep. Also, apparently, we learned in the first episode that Brent's so conceited and up his own ass because, according to Santa at least, because one year for Halloween, he went as super Jesus. Yep. So, the doctor keeps Goldie in the asylum rehab to let the meth wear off and lets the other two go. Candy shows up late for the state of the mm-hmm. workshop speech. And Devin it, then has this completely unearned moment where he's like, thank you so much. I, I don't deserve 
you you've been so good to me i know you'll do great at this speech you're such a good person you you're, you're so great it's I mean, an, and it's an insanely undeserved moment yeah so then she's just like oh i guess i don't want to be like brent so i'm not going to do the speech his way and then instead she gives a boring speech about how to make the workshop more efficient and make christmas more efficient mm-hmm. and as everybody falls asleep to her speech because it's boring she panics run backstage and is like hey jeremy Devin, give everybody some christmas spirit bar not all of it but like a tiny bit It'll be fine. So she gives everybody meth because she doesn't want to be like Brent. When there was nothing technically wrong with Brent's speech. Yeah, it was shit, but like, whatever. So then a board member who is now high on meth yells at her, Where's my swag bag at? And she goes, They're too crass and materialistic. We're not doing them this year. And he's like, That's Christmas! It's crass and materialistic! Um, And then people start tossing slurs at her. Both sexist slurs and racist slurs, really racist slurs being And Jeremy the Snowflake is like, oh no, she's dying out there. I gotta do something. And falls out of the rafters. Somebody yells, somebody has a gun. Everyone freaks out and screams, and they run out. Yes. So then we see Candy walking out, and then Santa falls up behind her, and he's just like, what the fuck was that? He essentially yells the same thing from his meeting with her earlier Mm -hmm. at her, except he's being serious this time, even though he was probably serious last time. Yeah, and as he's doing that, Mrs. Claus comes out. Mrs. Claus is just like, your speech was great. It had actual valid points. You actually talked about things that were important. Unlike Brent, who just felt like a fucking circus. And as Candy's like, I actually, you make a lot of good points. And I really want to talk to you more about this. Santa cuts them both off and she's like, let's fucking go. And basically drags his wife away. And then Candy's like sad and doesn't, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Cookie shows up and she's like, yeah, of course you know what you're going to do. You're going to go get drunk and do karaoke because that's who the fuck you are. Let's go. And that's how we end the episode. She sings a song karaoke and people cheer and applause. She sings rise like a phoenix mm. i don't remember who that's by but it's terrible the show's terrible god damn it the show is awful that's my final verdict on these two episodes please don't watch this don't yeah it's not it's not good like clearly there are themes here about how general corporations are fueled by toxic masculinity and all that and sexist mm-hmm. and how like in order to get ahead in life you have to like do dirty shit and like be a terrible person especially in corporations like to do so you have to do that all the messaging within the show i get behind but it does it so fucking poorly like the bit with cookie talking about how the only things she has as traits are being hold on on. i think the show is candy's speech because it's all like factually correct things that matter Mm mm-hmm but so boring and like and poorly put together that it's just bad yeah mm-hmm. like literally the part with is, cookie is that a meta joke did rogan and silver no that on no purpose? they didn't do oh, that on okay. purpose okay like there's the part where cookie's talking about how her only traits are being dramatic and whiny and then candy calls out well that's kind of fucked up but it's one of those instances where just because you call yourself out on something doesn't mean you're suddenly witty and it's funny gives you to there, do it well I and they go. don't expositing everywhere no you don't get a buy just because you lampshade it yeah literally the points of this show where it makes good commentary on toxic masculinity or something anytime that it's vaguely good they immediately lampshade it and do it poorly so i just i'm like oh that was mildly okay and now you've just ruined it anyways more importantly than any of this show spotify now lets you rate and review podcasts so if you enjoy our podcast leave us a five-star review on spotify or itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts at and we'll definitely read those out if we get them. However, if you want to contact us directly and maybe explain what the fuck they're talking about when they say she might fall in love with the sleigh, you can reach us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at copilotsreview. Or you can find all of that information as well as a link to our Discord. And where, our YouTube. Where we'll be streaming a special viewing of our Christmas movie On later dis- this week. 
On the Discord, not the YouTube. YouTube doesn't like when you stream movies. On our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. I want to thank everybody for flying. Have a happy holidays. And please, fly again soon. Like, I know we could have just kept going and like shitting on the show. But I don't even want to do that. Is that bad? Yeah, like, there, there's there's only so much fun you can have shitting on stuff. Like, shitting on tattooed community and fighters. was fun because, like, while empirically bad, it was amusing or like shitting on kisses because of the incest, or like shitting on GI Joe because it's a bladed cash grab. And <laughs> like, like all these shows at least had slight redeeming thing. They're, they're they're fun to shit on because like they they had elements that were fun. This show is just bad. Yeah, so bad.